The video I had scheduled for today is delayed and will be coming out on Monday because there was an open letter released late on Wednesday for Archbishop Vigano and Bishop Schneider praising them for getting the debate really going about the Second Vatican Council and doing so in a very calm and respectful manner. That letter asked them basically to continue the debate and was signed by, at the time, 50 scholars before it was made public. And it can be signed by others. I do suggest that if you want to sign it, maybe only do it if you actually are, you know, someone whose name might add weight to it. I don't mean to be, you know, snooty about it, but we don't want this to turn into some weird change.org petition that no one looks at, right? So, again, here is the, the here is the letter from the scholars to Archbishop Vigano and Bishop Schneider thanking them and praising them for how they handled this debate. And a couple of one note about this. It quotes them directly. So when you hear me say Archbishop Vigano, quote, and filling, you know, following some quoted text, it's from, it's taking quotes from their, some of their various letters and it's focusing on Dignitatis Humanae and Lumen Gentium mostly, which are the two most, probably the two most controversial, we'll say, of the conciliar texts. The ones that are often most, most often cited and I th personally think rightly so for having containing a lot of errors in them that have caused great confusion. Anyway, here's that letter. No more from me on this. Thanks for listening. Open letter to Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano and Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Dated July 9th, 2020. Your Excellencies, we the undersigned wish to express our sincere gratitude for your fortitude and care for souls during the ongoing crisis of faith in the Catholic Church. Your public statements calling for an honest and open discussion of the Second Vatican Council and the dramatic changes in Catholic belief and practice that followed it have been a source of hope and consolation to many faithful Catholics. The event of the Second Vatican Council appears now, more than 50 years after its completion, to be unique in the history of the Church. Never before our time has an ecumenical council been followed by such a prolonged period of confusion, corruption, loss of faith, and the humiliation for the Church of Christ. Catholicism has distinguished itself from other faiths by its insistence that man is a rational creature, and that religious belief encourages rather than suppresses critical reflection by Catholics. Many, including the current Holy Father, appear to place the Second Vatican Council and its texts, acts, and implementation beyond the reach of critical analysis and debates. To concerns and objections raised by Catholics of goodwill, the Council has been held up by some as a super-Council, the invocation of which ends rather than fosters debate. Your call to trace the current crisis in the Church to its roots and to call for action to correct any turn taken at Vatican II that is now seen to have been a mistake exemplify the fulfillment of the Episcopal office to hand on the faith as the Church has received it. We are grateful for your calls for an open and honest debate about the truth of what happened at Vatican II, and whether the Council and its implementation contain errors or aspects that favor errors or harm the faith. Such a debate cannot start from a conclusion that the Second Vatican Council as a whole and its parts is per se in continuity with tradition. Such a precondition to a debate prevents critical analysis and argument and only permits the presentation of evidence that supports the conclusion already announced. 
Whether or not Vatican II can be reconciled with tradition is the question to be debated, not a posited premise blindly to be followed even if it turns out to be contrary to reason. The continuity of Vatican II with tradition is a hypothesis to be tested and debated, not an incontrovertible fact. For too many decades, the Church has seen too few shepherds permit, let alone encourage, such a debate. Eleven years ago, Monsignor Brunero Garadini had already made a filial request to Pope Benedict XVI, quote, The idea which I dare now to submit to your holiness has been in my mind for a long time. It is that a grandiose and, if possible, final clarification of the last council be given concerning each of its aspects and contents. Indeed, it would seem logical, and it seems urgent to me, that these aspects and contents be studied in themselves and in the context of all the others, with a close examination of all the sources, and from the specific viewpoint of continuity with the preceding church's magisterium, both solemn and ordinary, on the basis of a scientific and critical work, as vast and irreproachable as possible, in comparison with the traditional magisterium of the church, it will then be possible to draw to matter for a sure and objective evaluation of Vatican II, and quote. We also are grateful for your initiative in identifying some of the most important doctrinal topics that must be addressed in such a critical examination and for providing a model for frank yet courteous debate that can involve disagreement. We have collected from your recent interventions some examples of the topics you have indicated must be addressed and, if found lacking, corrected. This collection, we hope, will serve as a basis for further detailed discussion and debate. We do not claim this list to be exclusive, perfect, or complete. We also do not all necessarily agree with the precise nature of each of the critiques quoted below, nor on the answer to the questions you raise. Yet we are united in the belief that your questions deserve honest answers and not mere dismissals with ad hominem claims of disobedience or breaking with communion. If what each of you claims is untrue, let interlocutors prove it. If not, the hierarchy should give credence to your claims. Freedom of faith traditions is a natural right willed by God. Bishop Schneider. Examples include certain expressions of the Council on the topic of faith freedom, understood as a natural right and therefore positively willed by God, to practice and spread other ideas, which may also include idolatry or even worse. End quote. Bishop Schneider. Quote, Unfortunately, just a few sentences later, the Council in Dignitatis Humanae undermines this truth by setting forth a theory never before taught by the constant magisterium of the church, i.e., that man has the right founded in his own nature, quote, not to be prevented from acting in these matters according to his own conscience, whether privately or publicly, whether alone or in association with others, within due limits, end quote. According to the statement, man would have the right based on nature itself and therefore positively willed by God, not to be prevented from choosing, practicing, and spreading, also collectively, the uh, idolatry, even the worship of Satan, since there are belief systems that worship Satan, for instance, the Church of Satan. Indeed, in these countries, the Church of Satan is recognized with the same legal value as all other belief systems. End quote. The identity of the Church of Christ with the Catholic Church and the new ecumenism. Bishop Schneider, quote, it is the Council's distinction between the Church of Christ and the Catholic Church, the problem of subsisted in, gives the impression that the two realities exist, the one side, the Church of Christ, and on the other, the Catholic Church. 
and its stance towards non-Christian beliefs and the contemporary world, end quote. Bishop Schneider, quote, to state that the Saracens adore together with us the one true God, as the Second Vatican Council did in Lumen Gentium, is theologically a highly ambiguous affirmation. That we Catholics adore with them the one God is not true. We do not adore with them. In the act of adoration, we always adore the Holy Trinity. We do not simply adore the one God, but rather the Holy Trinity consciously, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That system rejects the Holy Trinity. When they adore, they do not adore on the supernatural level of faith. Even our act of adoration is radically different. It is essentially different, precisely because we turn to God and adore him as children, and who are constituted within the ineffable dignity of divine filial adoption, and we do this with supernatural faith. However, they do not have that. End quote. Archbishop Vigano, quote, We know well that invoking the saying of scripture, the letter brings death, but the spirit gives life, see 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, the progressives and modernists astutely knew how to hide equivocal expressions in the conciliar texts which at the time appeared harmless to most, but that today are revealed in their subversive value. It is the method employed in the use of the phrase subsisted in, saying that a half-truth, not so much as not to offend the interlocutor, assuming that it is licit to silence the truth of God out of respect for his creature, with the intention of being able to use the half-error that would be instantly dispelled if the entire truth were proclaimed. Thus, the Church of Christ subsists in the Catholic Church does not specify the identity of the two, but the subsistence of one and the other, and for consistency also in other churches. Here is the opening to interconfessional celebrations, ecumenical prayers, and the inevitable end of any need for the church in the order of salvation in her unicity and in her missionary nature. End quote. Papal primacy in the new collegiality. Bishop Schneider. Quote, for example, the very fact that a Nota explicativa preva to the document Lumen Gentium was needed shows that the text of Lumen Gentium in paragraph 22 is ambiguous regard to the topic of relationship between papal primacy and episcopal collegiality. Documents clarifying the magisterium in post-conciliar times, such as the encyclicals Mysterium Fide, Humanae Vitae, and Pope Paul VI's Creed of the People of God, were of a great value and help, but they did not clarify the aforementioned ambiguous statements of the Second Vatican Council, end quote. The Council and its text are the cause of many current scandals and errors. Archbishop Vigano, quote, If the Pacamama could be adored in a church, we owe it to Dignitatis Humanae. If we have a liturgy that is Protestantized and at times even non-Christianized, we owe it to the revolutionary action of Monsignor Anabali Bugnini, under the post-conciliar reforms. If the Abu Dhabi Declaration was signed, we owe it to Nostra Aetate. If we have come to the point of delegating decisions to the bishops' conferences, even in grave violation of the Concordat, as happened in Italy, we owe it to collegiality, to its updated version, synodality. Thanks to synodality, we found ourselves with a Morse Laetitia, having to look for a way to prevent what was obvious to everyone from appearing. That this document, prepared by an impressive organizational machine, intended to legitimize communion for the divorced and cohabiting, just as Caridia Amazonia will be used to legitimize women priests, as is the recent case of an Episcopal vicaress in Freiburg and the abolition of sacred celibacy, end quote. Archbishop Vigano, quote, But if at the time it could be difficult to think that a faith freedom condemned by Pius XI and Mortalium Animos could be affirmed by Dignitatis Humanae, 
or that the Roman pontiff could see his authority usurped by a phantom Episcopal college, today we understand that what was cleverly concealed in Vatican II is today affirmed ore rotundo in papal documents precisely in the name of the coherent application of the council. And quote. Archbishop Vigano, quote, We can thus affirm that the spirit of the council is the council itself, that the errors of the post-conciliar period were contained in the nuce in the conciliar acts, just as it is rightly said that the Novus Ordo is the mass of the council, even if in the presence of the council fathers the mass was celebrated that the progressives significantly call pre-conciliar, end quote. Bishop Schneider, quote, for anyone who is intellectually honest and is not seeking to square the circle, it is clear that the assertion made in Dignitates Humanae, according to which every man has the right, based on his own nature, and therefore positively willed by God, to practice and spread a belief according to his own conscience, does not differ substantially from the statement in the Abu Dhabi Declaration, which says, quote, The pluralism and the diversity of ideas, color, sex, and language are willed by God in his wisdom through which he created human beings. This divine wisdom is the source from which the right to freedom of belief and the freedom to be different derives, end quote. We have taken note of the differences you have highlighted between the solutions each of you has proposed for responding to the crisis precipitated at and following the Second Vatican Council. For example, Archbishop Vigano has argued it would be better to altogether forget the Council, while Bishop Schneider, disagreeing with him on this specific point, proposes officially to correct only those parts of the Council documents that contain errors or that are ambiguous. Your courteous and respectful exchange of opinions should serve as a model for the more robust debate that you and we desire. Too often these past 50 years, disagreements about Vatican II have been challenged by mere ad hominem attacks rather than calm argumentation. We urge all who will join this debate to follow your example. We pray that our Blessed Mother, St. Peter, the Prince of the Apostles, Saints Athanasius, and St. Thomas Aquinas protect and preserve your excellencies. May they reward you for your faithfulness to the Church and confirm you in your defense of the faith and of the Church. In Christo Regi, signed numerous, numerous uh, scholars and priests. <laughs>